I was talking to a buddy of mine, uh, I would say about a week, maybe a week ago, last Sunday night, and it really, it really just kind of triggered this message again. I had had the, I had had the, the, the title in my, in my heart for a while, and then just, I just talked to him Sunday night, and it just triggered this again. I said, you know what? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta talk about it. It's a, it's a great, something great that, um, I think a lot of people deal with, amen? But before we get started, why don't don't I tell you a nice little, uh, funny joke and if it's not funny laugh anyway man it's nervous up here <laughs> so an atheist complained to a christian friend you christians have special holidays like christmas and easter the jews celebrate their national holidays such as passover and yom kippur kippur yeah yeah, yeah whatever <laughs> but we atheists have no recognized national holidays it's unfair and it's discrimination and he said, and his friend replied, what? Why don't you celebrate April 1st? <laughs> ah, there we go. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all like that? April Fool's for being atheist. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Well, actually, um, so I, I had something amazing that, that was uh, running through my head. I did a lot of uh, hiking, a lot of walking when I was younger, and some of it was unnecessary, amen? It really, it really was, because, you know, everybody didn't have a car, you know, and sometimes we had to walk a little further than necessary, and you look at your parents like, really? Do we really have to go visit these people? Like, they live really far. They have a car. How'd they pick us up to go over here? But we go up here. We had to visit my uncle. I had an uncle... Uh, named Pete, and he lived in a, in a little city called Usa River, and it was far, man. Like, you go, and then you get to a place where you get off the bus, and then you have to walk, like, miles. It was like, was it like 10 miles, mom? It was pretty far. But then this guy, he's probably about 75 years old now, and he was in shape. When he was, like, in his 60s, he would go up and climb Kilimanjaro, and he would, like, run four mi- like four kilometers or four miles a day, whichever one he told me. Amen. But he would run. Uh, 60 years old. Who's 60 in here? Wow. Yeah, four miles a day. That's pretty cold, right? What was amazing, though, is that he would get these groups from all over the world that wanted to climb Kilimanjaro, and they'll come stay at his place, and they'll plan out the trip, and they'll go up and climb it. Now, it takes maybe about four to seven days to climb the mountain. Now, this is the highest mountain in Africa. It's up there, man. It's really, really high. And... And by the way, I said four to seven. So if you go to Kenya, it's actually seven days. If you go to Tanzania, it's four to five. So tourists, let's go to Tanzania, amen? Don't go to Kenyan route. It's really, really long. And they're like, that's where, you, you guys seen the Ghost in the Darkness, the lion movie? They made that in Kenya. So don't go that way. <laughs> that's where the lions are. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh. It would take it would take so so long to go up there, and then you know they have like several several different layers, right? So all my hiking and bike riding people, Jose, you probably know this, right? You have several layers. Some places you have dirt, and as you go up, maybe you have like more gravel. Then you go up to the rocks as you go up, right? But then as you walk up, you may take like one, two, three steps, and it takes you back one, you know, based on how the ground is going. So I didn't climb it, amen. Praise God, because if I go up there and try to climb it now, I might be meeting Jesus up there. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But, but it's amazing that you go up there 
and you climb and you maybe take some zigzags and you make a left and you take a right. I mean, you know, it's never a straight shot. But as you make a left and you see that the peak is here, you know, the peak. You guys ever seen the Kilimanjaro peak? It looks like a little piece of snow just slapped on top of a mountain, right? It's really, really beautiful. But as you look at it and then you climb the mountain, you'll go to the left like this and you start leaving the peak. And you start walking and then you might turn around and go this way and then turn right and start walking backwards. And you're like, wait a minute, the peak is that way. The mountain clearly looks like it's that way. Where are we going? And, and as you go further and further away from your destination and sometimes even go downhill, you know, a lot of people like myself will probably be wondering why are we overcomplicating this thing? Because the mountain is clearly that way. Why are we walking that way? And, you know, maybe you could think about it. I can just, you know, cut across this way, cut across the jungle, cut across whatever is here and get there a lot sooner. Amen. If you could, how many would do that? Amen. If you had a helicopter, you probably would get there a lot sooner. Amen. But, you know, if you can afford a helicopter in Africa, boy, you're doing big. You know, but <laughs> but as you start cutting and you say, hey, you know, I'm fine. You guys are going on the road. Let me try to cut across because I want to get there sooner. And your friends will say, no, don't take that road. Don't take that approach because we got a map. Somebody's been up there. They went up the mountain and they drew up a map. And they've given us a map of how to get there. It's the sured way. It's the for sure way. Oh, Dwayne, you say for sure? It's the for sure way to get up the mountain. But we say, no, no, no. You know, y'all tripping. Because obviously, y'all can't see that the closest point, way between uh, two points is a straight line. Amen? So we're just going to cut this way. But you know what? That's exactly what the, the, the problem most of us have today. In Proverbs uh, 14, verse 12, says, There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end uh, is the way of death or leads to destruction. And many times we're looking for shortcuts. Many, many times we look for shortcuts. And I, myself, I am very guilty of shortcuts. Matter of fact, when the traffic hits, boy, I'm the first one to get off that highway. Amen. <laughs> I'm on that highway. I'm tossing, bobbing, weaving all across. And I, when the traffic starts getting tighter on the service road, I get right back on that highway. Amen. Because I enjoy those shortcuts, right? Yeah, I'm smart, right? Amen. But, you know, I ain't saying anything wrong with it. Everybody looking at me like, what? What are you talking about now, Willis? So, <laughs> but you know what? The Israelites, if you actually um, turn to Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. If you got it, just say amen. If you don't say, wait a minute. Exodus uh, 13, verse 17. Amen. Look at those Bible thumpers moving quick through them books. That's why I got it printed, because y'all will beat me, and then I'll feel bad. <laughs> it says, it says, then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God says, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war. And return to Egypt. It's so amazing that when God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, you know, you guys remember what they were doing in Egypt, right? They were enslaved. They were getting beaten. There was a whole lot of stuff that was happening. And God, 
you know, Moses did the let my people go thing, right? And they got out of Egypt. And as they're getting out, they had several routes. They had, they had a couple of routes they could have taken. And God says, you know what? We're going to take you down the way by the Red Sea. And, you know, there was an easier way by the land, land of the Philistines. They would have gotten there much quicker. But God had a different plan. And that shortcut was not an option to them. Amen? But, you know, many of our brothers and sisters have, we started this journey together. And as we took off and, you know, all took off and started moving, a lot of people took, took the shortcut. Came here, we came here, a lot of us, and gave our lives to Jesus. But as we saw that we were not getting to where we wanted to be in the time that we wanted to get there, we decided to take the easier route. You know, the true definition of a shortcut is really, it's an easier, quicker, an easier, faster way to get to where you were planning on going. So a lot of people have taken that. And I'll tell you what, I, just, I, I was just on the phone with my buddy on, on Sunday, and actually I just texted him today. He, he got a U-Haul truck, and he is moving out. He's married, got a kid, but they, they called it quits. They, they've been married for maybe a year, and they're calling it quits already. But they came right here and sat right there, right by where Miss Betty is sitting, and there was a message preached to him. He came to this altar and just bawled in tears. We said, hey, why don't you stick around? Stick around. We can make it. Get your, your girlfriend, fiance, whatever. Just stick around. You know, come here. Get plugged in. He was like, hey, uh, hey, that's really cool, Dylan. That's really cool. I like that stuff you be talking about. I never saw him again. I never saw him again. It was easier. Everything was lined up. Hey, would you marry me? Okay. Hey, would you do this? Okay. Hey, I'm here. I hit the bingo. You know, it's so easy to fall into that. And we forget that this is, this is a long this is a long path. This is, not, this is not a shortcut. You can't cut your way through this journey, amen? Without Jesus, you will fall. You know, people all over the world today are calling it quits in their marriages. They're calling it quits in their work, or they're calling it quits in, you know, raising their kids. You know, somebody said basketball. They're calling it quits, amen? But you know what's amazing about this journey is as soon as you walk out that, off that path, anybody been in a wilderness before, a jungle, anything before? You know what's amazing about a path that's already made out? It's made out, and actually the creatures that are around the outside, they don't actually go in the middle so frequently. So it's amazing. When my sister and I walking to our house in, 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 in Arusha, and we're walking, there was a ginormous snake on the road. I don't know if I've told you guys about this before. Literally, it was about that fat. And it was like the anaconda type of thing, right? But I don't think they actually grow anacondas in Africa. But it was ginormous, and the end of it was on the road. But the rest of it was deep in the bush. And I guarantee you, if we had taken a shortcut, we would have been done. There's a road made for a reason, amen? And there's a road there for a reason. If you take the shortcut, I got to tell you that there is a beast in the jungle that's waiting for you, amen? And it's amazing that... When God set Israelites on their path, he knew what opposition they were going to face. He knew that the Philistines were going to be there waiting for them, and he knew that battle they weren't going to win. It's not that God couldn't take them through the battle, but God knew their hearts and said, this is not the journey, this is not the path that I had for you. Just stay with me, and I'll guide you through, amen? You know what? In this church, we preach the truth, amen? I, I've, I've been here, and I'll tell you, 
I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say it. When we got here, we were shacking, and, man, we were living it up. Out in the world, we were 100% in the world. We came in here, and we heard the truth. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't cover, you know, they didn't say, hey, today we're not going to preach about shacking, okay? We got this new couple. They're sitting right there. We don't want them to hear about shacking because they're not going to come back tomorrow, amen? Guess what? We heard everything, all it was to hear. I went home, and we talked about it. And then we had Pastor Marshall come and preach a revival. And you know, he don't hold nothing back. You know, he, <laughs> amen. And he preached, and we went back, and we're like, what? He said that at church? <laughs> amen. But God, God moved. And, and this, this, this was the foundation. Psalms 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain, those who built it, who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Unless the Lord builds this house, Unless the Lord builds this church, unless the Lord builds the house, then we labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city of Denton, you could be the best flashlight cop officer of the world. It won't make no difference because it's the Lord that does what he does. Amen. But what's so amazing, though. Is a lot of churches built on different things. But we don't believe in that because there's truth in here. Amen? This church was not built for the, on the rich and famous. Amen? We don't give away Bentleys. Amen? Because if we did, Pastor, I'll rig the little lottery number. You know how they do it? You know, come to church, we'll give, you, we'll give out a card today. If they did, and I'll be, I'll be back there and we'll be, we'll be messing around and I'll probably, get a, I'll probably win the car. Amen? How many else will do that with me? By myself, amen. Well, the church, I, I, I liked, I, I text pastor, and I said, pastor, what, how would you describe, you know, apart from the scripture, how would you describe a great, a great way, uh, what the, the job of the church is? And I, I got a really good quote. This is to know him and to make him known. Can you know God and to make him known? I tell you what, this church is not following any shortcuts. Because if we were, then I tell you what, that we would have room to stand in here. If we were following shortcuts and, and, and really preaching uh, whatever it is that they preach out there, then we'll be all right. You know, we'll be, we'll be stacked. I probably would have quit my job. I'd probably have like an office, big, riding a Bentley to church. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but praise God. I mean, this, this church preaches the truth. Y'all agree? So should the church take shortcuts? Should the church take shortcuts? You all agree? So I tell you what, the question is, so why do we? Because you know what 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 12 says? It says the, the church is a body made of many parts. And we are the body. Although Jesus Christ is the head, we are the body that makes the church. So if we take shortcuts, does the church take shortcuts? Ask yourself that question. If we as a church individually 
take shortcuts, then does the church take shortcuts? I'm going to ask that again. I'm going to let that sink in a little bit. The church should not take shortcuts. We all agree, right? But if we individually take shortcuts in our personal lives and we are the body, we make up, we compose the church, then does the church take shortcuts? Unfortunately, that is the case. If we take shortcuts, and the church indeed does do exactly the same, and it takes shortcuts. And we said the church shortcut is defined as a quicker, easier way to do something apart from the defined way. You know, I'll tell you what. This was something that just started just ringing through my mind and ringing through my head because I was thinking about, I was really thinking about my buddy as he was going through this. And they came here and he, you know, he, he talked to Ashley and I said, hey, should we get married? You know what? Hey, stick with Jesus. Hey, should we do this? Get saved. Should we do this? Get saved. Stick with Jesus. This is the only path. That you'll, be, that you'll be able to make it through any of those things. I know I'm talking to somebody in here because if you start making these decisions, if Jesus is not the foundation of that decision, guess what? Then you are taking a shortcut because you're thinking about the destination. You know, all I want to do is I want to make, I, I, I want to buy that one gift. So maybe I'll put away my tithe this week. Maybe I won't make my tithe this week because I want to, you know, man, it's Christmas. You know, everything is just not going well. I tell you what. The shortcut for your money might be that, but that is not really the shortcut. The quickest way to make it there is to be faithful in your tithing. There's some young men and women that say, you know what? I'm in love. I want to make this relationship work. So you know what? The best thing for us is if we actually have sex, it might draw us closer. Oh, nobody knows what I'm talking about. But you know what? That's the mindset. That is the shortcut. That's the mindset out there. They think if we come together, you know what, that might draw us closer. We might make it. I tell you what, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way because Ashley and I were living that lifestyle. July 4th, 4th of July, 2009, we were just mad and ticked off, man. We said, you know what, forget about it. I'm sick and tired of you. And I tell you what, we talked to my mom on the phone. And what she, she asked me was a simple question. Are you... Is your relationship pleasing to God? Is your relationship pleasing to God? I knew what she was talking about. That's the only thing she was talking about. You know, it's not like we were robbing banks, shooting people up, went like robbing people. Our relationship was not pleasing to God. We had built our foundation of our relationship on a lie, on a shortcut. This is not the long way. This is not the way to make it. We came to we came to VWO. I'm telling you, thank God for Curtis and Amber and that barbecue. We came to VWO. We got saved, and we got plugged in. And I'm telling you, then we had a journey before we could get married, amen? Then we started getting away from the shortcuts, amen? Get your hands off me. We're getting away from the shortcuts, amen? Oh, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. That's right. Wait till, wait till you, uh, you was in the, all the people that were shacking before know what I'm talking about, Amen? It ain't easy out there. <laughs> hey, man, I'm telling you, parents, I don't have any kids of my own, 
But I tell you, I've seen my parents. I've seen my mom and I've seen my dad. And I tell you, I sing every song that my mom sang. Every song in Swahili that I picked up that she sang, I sang. And you know what? I only know how to sit by, how to sit by my bed and pray because I saw, that, I saw that happen when I was a kid. I tell you, it's so, it's so powerful to be able to sit up and tell, you know, my wife is looking at me like, what are we doing? All right, um, why don't we get together and why don't we just get down and, and do this and pray like this and do this? These are things that I learned watching my mom when I was a kid. Parents, if you want your kids to make it, I'll tell you what. They got to see you. They got to see you because the shortcut is to say, hey, you're going to do A, B, C, and D. Capiche, we're going to make it. I tell you what, the long way is you got to do it too. You got to do it too. You gotta, we got to get down and you do it too. Get down and you pray and you talk to God. And, I come, and the kids go come out and see dad. And you know what? It don't matter how crazy that kid is. They see you pray. They say, hey. Mommy's praying right now. Mama's praying right now. There's been many times I come out and I see my mom praying. All the, all the buffoonery I could have made, I just had to tone it down a little bit. I say, you know what? It's not time for that right now. Shortcuts. The dangers of a shortcut. I'll just talk about two things today. And the first thing is, You'll get eaten alive. And I probably already got ahead of myself on that one. But taking a shortcut will get you eaten alive. Because when you step outside of that path, you know what's amazing? I'll tell you something about, uh, uh, something about lions and wild animals. They actually don't like noise. They don't, they don't like to really come where people are. So if you actually had your little village, had your little people right there, had some fire, they probably won't come there. But as you go into the quiet by yourself, they will come find you, just so you know. So as you go up trying to get to your destination and you leave this path, I guarantee you, you may not make it. You may not make it. You will get eaten alive. And that right there, if you, if you read if you just read Exodus 13, verse 17, if you actually read through Exodus, you will realize, although the, the, the Israelites went through so much, going through that way of the Philistines would have been so much worse. Would have been even worse than what they went through. Number two, you will miss your destiny. If you step out of the way, that God has for you, you will miss your destiny completely the opposite way. I heard a guy mention the other day, and I, I thought it was really powerful. He said, there's so many books that were never written. And there's so many poems that were never written, so many songs that were never sang. So many, so many, all this medicine that was never created. All these things that were never done because people stepped out of the plan that God had for them. That's really powerful. That's really powerful to sit back and just think about how many things are out there. What does God have for you? And as you step out trying to reach somewhere where you think that is yours, really take a minute and think about if God is going there with you. And this is the way that God has for you. Amen. 
1 Samuel chapter 15. We'll just, if you just have your Bible, just run through there with me real quick, please. We'll talk about Samuel, amen? I mean, uh, uh, Saul. I heard Saul was a good-looking guy and tall, amen? He's probably taller than Brian. Definitely better looking, amen? But, <laughs> and the Bible said he was good looking, so hallelujah. <laughs> Brian, you ain't made it to the Bible yet, amen, <laughs> to compare, amen, amen. So he was between Brian and I. <laughs> that took y'all a while to catch. <laughs> amen, they said he was a tall guy, and he was, he was a good looking guy. And Saul was a guy that was, that was elected to be king. But if you read Samuel, uh, Samuel 15, Saul is out, and God gives him a mission. God tells Saul, God tells Saul, if you read um, verse 1, it says, Samuel said to Saul, the Lord has sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Did y'all catch that? Lord has sent me to anoint you king. Now, therefore, heed he, the voice of the words of the Lord. Hey, by the way, you're going to be king. I'm going to anoint you. Here's what you got to do. Thus says the Lord, continue, continue. And God tells him, hey, look, this is, what I, this is what I need you to go do. I need you to go and punish Amalek, take out King Agag, do what you got to do. Here's the plan. Here's the mission for you, Saul. But verse 9 will tell you, but Saul, spares, but Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good. And were unwillingly to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, they utterly destroyed. So simple. So simple. I don't know. I, I, I can't think for Saul, but Saul was in a moment where he had to make, he had to make a decision. Somebody says, hey, look, bud, you're going to be king. I'm going to anoint you to be king. This is what you got to do, A, B, and C. But he had a different mind, and he stepped out of the plan. He stepped out of the will of God. He took a shortcut. He went off and said, you know what? I got a better way of doing this. And he comes by, and he says, you know what? I brought all this stuff. If you, let, let's just read together. Now the word, verse 10 says, now the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Carmel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself, and he has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Verse 13 then Samuel went to Saul and said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. And Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? What is this that I hear which is completely opposite from the plan, from the map which you were given to reach your destiny. 
What is this that's completely opposite from what God had for you? And God says, I'm displeased. Verse 23 says, for rebellion is a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected you from being king. Man, I will weep. I will, I will bawl in tears because I don't want to be that guy where, where God says, you know what, because you have refused this direct, direct thing that I have laid up in front of you, I have also refused you from serving me. My goodness. My goodness. Tonight, tonight is, you know, the year is winding down, right? And for me, I'm off, like, you know, for the rest of the year, I'm technically off work, amen? Praise God. I'm excited. Y'all see me? I'm like a different guy right now. <laughs> you know, Sunday's like, oh, tomorrow I got to go to work. But no, I'm actually really off, amen? But as, as I read through this, I'm thinking about the goals. I'm thinking about all these aspirations, all the things that I have. And it, it really just triggers something in my, in, my, in my heart to think about are all these things in line with the plan that God has for me? I just want to ask you all to think about that tonight. If you just bow your heads and close your eyes, I'll ask the musicians to come on down. God wants us to make it to the end, amen? For some people, you may feel like 2014 and the goals that you had may have failed you. You may feel like you have failed in those in some areas. And you say, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take matters into my own hands in 2015. I'm going to tell you something. That's a bad, bad, bad idea. John 15, 4, Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me church we got to go back to the basics of trusting God this whole message is just to say that we have to go back to the basics of trusting God Jesus is the only way he is the only way to heaven he is the only way to make it in this life on earth he is the only way there is no other way The shortcuts would lead us to our own destruction. Now with every head bow and every eye closed, I just want to ask how many in this place, just honest hearts, can say not even the shortcut, but I've not given my life to Jesus. I heard he died on the cross for my sins. I heard he can save me from the chaos in my life and I can make it to heaven. And I want to give my life to him tonight. How many can say, that's me? Would you pray for me? Just put your hand up. Put it back down. I want to pray with you tonight. God bless you. I see your hand. How many more? Say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus tonight. God bless you. I want to ask another question. 
How many in this place can say, you know, I'll be honest. I've been giving up on trusting God. And I started pulling my life into my own hands. And I want to just lay the path of my own. Tonight, 